to another episode of the Grateful Gator Podcast. My name is Kevin Stegan. The song you're listening to right now is called Haint Blue by the band Seminal Strut. Check them out on Spotify, and while you're there, search the Grateful Gator Podcast to follow us and get every episode as soon as it drops. The Grateful Gator Podcast can also be found on Apple and Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us and like us on Facebook. This week, we're going to talk about the Pelicans potentially dealing Anthony Davis, how much the Pro Bowl sucks, and the Super Bowl. But first, I hope everybody survived the gnarly Snowpocalypse of the South 2019 edition. Governor Kay Ivey in Alabama uh, yesterday declared a state of emergency, and we wound up with what, 35 degrees and sunny all day, no ice, no snow, no nothing, no school, no work for my wife. I unfortunately this morning had to brave the cold and go to work. I think I'll live. But you know what is really crazy is every time like something like this happens, uh, it seems to happen about this time every year uh, where uh, the South gears up, we cancel everything, we close down school, Close down work, and we come up empty, no snow. And every year, northerners make fun of us because where they live, it's negative 50, and they've got to go to work and put chains on their tires and shovel snow and all that garbage, and they make fun of us like we're soft and we're dumb. But we're not. And you know why? It's because... Every year, during the summer, when it's only 80 degrees up there, they complain about being hot. And it's 95 with 100% humidity down here. So you know what? There's just differences in climate, and I think we should just accept it and move on. Let's move on to the Pelicans potentially dealing Anthony Davis. It came out yesterday that um, he would not be signing an extension with the New Orleans Pelicans, and that he would be seeking a trade. Uh, The early and popular landing spot for AD seems to be the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, LeBron James, um, it almost undoubtedly will have uh, another superstar join him in Los Angeles, whether that be AD, potentially maybe Klay Thompson, maybe Kawhi Leonard, maybe Kyrie Irving. Who knows? Uh, But right now, uh, I don't really know that the Lakers have much to trade. Uh, they've got, you know, they, they're pretty much uh, anybody on that roster is expendable at this point. Uh, right now they've got uh, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, uh, Ivica Zubak, and they also have an unprotected uh, first-round pick in the 2019 draft. Um, but the thing about it, I don't really, I don't know that there is a ton of value there. Um, I know that they're starters for the Los Angeles Lakers, but right now I believe the Lakers are ninth um, in the West. So if you trade any one of those guys, what you're basically saying is you've got the ninth best team in the West. So if you take three or four of those guys, uh, you could probably expect for them to be ninth in the West. 
Um, and that unprotected first round draft pick, I don't know that would have much value because I do think once LeBron comes back, and especially if they were to have Anthony Davis, you trade that pick, the Lakers likely to probably get to the eighth or seventh seed. You don't have a lottery pick. You're picking in the bottom half of the draft. Uh, this is a deep draft coming out, but I don't know that it's that deep that you can get a, a real um, impact, um, immediate franchise player at, you know, probably the, you know, 16, 17, 18 spot. Um, so I, I don't know that uh, the Lakers have a ton of leverage or a ton to offer here. Um, I don't know that the Pelicans are going to want to trade Anthony Davis to the West. Uh, a similar situation last year with the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. They did not really want to trade him to the West. They did not want to play him three or four times. Um, so they traded him to the East to the Raptors. I think that's probably the smartest idea. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics maybe have a little bit more to offer. Um, I think probably the, the Philadelphia 76ers have a little bit more to offer. Uh, what I think would be interesting, and obviously I, this would be very, very unlikely, uh, but Clay Thompson is due to become an unrestricted free agent uh, after this season. His contract is up. Uh, what if the Golden State Warriors traded Clay Thompson and Draymond Green for Anthony Davis? You would then have Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, and Kevin Durant, and I could start at shooting guard, and that team would probably still win 68 games. At any given point, any one of those four guys could drop 40, 50 points. Uh, you would have three seven-footers on the floor at one time between Durant, Cousins, and Anthony Davis. Uh, I think <laughs> you really look at that team and you think that you know, I, obviously you would lose a bit, a little bit of um, offensive fluidity with Clay and Draymond being gone, but that that would be, I, I feel, almost just as good. Um, and then you could potentially uh, keep Boogie Cousins, convince him to stay. Um, but I think that's a, I think that's a long shot. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Um, I think with with LeBron, he would. I mean, those two, those two would be a, you know, a great, great team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where where he lands and goes from there. Uh, moving on to the Pro Bowl. This there's something that's got to change here. Something that's got to because this I mean this is it's not even fun to watch. And the crazy part of this, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, you've got the best players in the NFL, and you score seven points. I have a better shot of scoring with Taylor Swift than Jason Garrett does with the best players in the NFL. This is insane. He scores seven points. And also, you're making these guys come to this ridiculous, made-up, stupid game. Move it back to Hawaii. No one wants to go to Orlando unless you've got a three-year-old daughter and you're taking her to Disney. No one wants to go to Orlando. I'm from Orlando, and that place sucks. No one wants to go to Orlando. I know ESPN wants to have it in Orlando because Disney owns... It. You just might as well just start calling it Disney because that's all Orlando is. But you've got you've got to, you got to come up with a better better thing here. I think, you, A, you move the game back to Hawaii. Hawaii is actually awesome and a real vacation. Again, not Orlando. You gotta you make make some fun events. I know that they've got these mini games and these these skills challenges and whatever. 
Do like a uh, almost like the NBA does with the dunk contest. Do like a spectacular catch contest, a crazy kick contest, a crazy you know throw contest, something to showcase these guys' crazy skills. Something fun. And then for the actual game, you don't you do you don't let them hit anymore. So why not just make it more fun and just do a flag football game? The offensive and defensive line play is non-existent. These guys don't try to push each other or touch each other. So just make it flag, make it seven on seven flag football. That would actually be somewhat watchable because you could at least see you know something. I don't know. That's basically what it is now, but stupid. But something it is crazy. There apparently five million people watch this. I don't know who has so little going on in their life that they they turn on the Pro Bowl. But apparently it happened in five million households. Hey, let's move on to the Super Bowl, an actual real game with some real value that real people will watch. And the Super Bowl will be played between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. It'll be played at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, 6.30 Eastern on CBS. The Patriots are currently three-point favorites, and the over-under is sitting at 56.5 points. I'm just going to run down each position group, tell you who's starting for each team, who I think has the advantage in that area, a little bit of a breakdown in the game, and then I'll give you my pick. First off, quarterbacks. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams, Jared Goff against Tom Brady. Obviously, I'm going to pick Tom Brady here. I've picked against him the past two weeks, and he's laughed at me and laughed at the haters, and he's proven once and again that nobody should doubt him. Running backs uh, for the Rams, you've got Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. For the Patriots, Sony Michelle and James White. I think the advantage here goes to the Los Angeles Rams. Todd Gurley is a man-child. C.J. Anderson Looks like an offensive lineman, but somehow he can run the football. Uh, I think these guys, both both groups are very, very good. Sony Michelle has been a great rookie out of Georgia. James White is always a threat out of the backfield. I just give the edge. I think Todd Gurley's a little bit more physical. C.J. Anderson's a big old boy. I think uh, I think you got to give the edge of the running backs to the Rams. Wide receivers, uh, you've got for the Rams, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. For the Patriots, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett. Uh, the wide receiver group, again, for the Rams, I think you give uh, the nod to these guys. Um, all three are pretty solid receivers. Uh, the Patriots, I, Julian Edelman has, like, the second most catches in postseason history. Don't take anything away from them. I just think uh, from just a raw skill set, the wide receivers for the Rams are just a little bit better. The tight ends... Rams uh, start Tyler Higby. Uh, we all know Rob Gronkowski for the Patriots. He is far and away the better blocker, receiver, more physical player. Uh, Gronkowski is not exactly who he used to be, uh, but he's shown that if he is not uh, producing in the pass game, he is a ferocious blocker. He will beat you up. Uh, he's great in the run game. Uh, he had a couple huge catches against the Chiefs. Um, he will be a factor in this game, uh, whether it's blocking, whether it's catching, uh, he's just an overall great tight end, um, offensive lineman for the Rams. You've got Andrew Wentworth, Roger Saffold, John Sullivan, and Austin Blythe and Rob Haverstein. 
Uh, for the Patriots, they start Trent Brown, Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Marcus Cannon. Uh, this is kind of a toss-up. Both of these offensive lines are very, very good. Uh, during the regular season, the Rams only allowed 33 sacks uh, of Jared Goff. Uh, the Patriots only allowed 21 sacks of Tom Brady. The Patriots offensive line has yet to uh, let up a sack in the postseason so far through two games. I give just a little bit of a nod to the Patriots offensive line, um, mainly because of their offensive line coach, Dante Scarnecchia. He's the best in the game, uh, consistently uh, is is able to find ways uh, to block anybody who rushes Tom Brady. Uh, I give the nod to the Pats offensive line. Defensive line for the Rams, you've got Michael Brockers and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald. For the Patriots, they start Trey Flowers, Lawrence Guy, Malcolm Brown, and Dietrich Wise Jr. I got to go with the Rams here. Their defensive line is so sick. Uh, they also have folded in Dante Fowler, uh, a trade they made midseason with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you remember him from the uh, hit he put on Drew Brees to force that uh, interception in overtime against the Saints two weeks ago. Uh, the defensive line for the Rams is just better. Uh, linebackers, the Rams start Mark Barron, Corey Littleton, and Samson Ibukam. And the Patriots start Kyle Van Noy, uh, Landon Roberts, and Dante Hightower. I got to give the nod to the Patriots linebackers. Uh, Van Noy was a problem uh, against the Chiefs. He seemed to be in the backfield almost the entire game. Dante Hightower is incredible. Uh, he can run sideline to sideline with anybody. Um, it'll be interesting because I think a matchup to watch is going to be Gronkowski on Mark Barron. Uh, Mark Barron is a converted safety. He played safety at Alabama and then safety with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for three or four years after he was drafted. Uh, he moved to the Rams in, I believe, 2014, and they moved him down to li- uh, linebacker. He is he's huge for a safety. I think he's like 6'4", 240-some-odd pounds. He's a big dude, uh, but he, he obviously is good in coverage. Um, especially for a linebacker. So if he gets put up against Rob Gronkowski, look for them to to, to possibly mark each other. Um, I think that's maybe something to watch again because Mark Barron uh, has got has got coverage skills and knows how to cover guys. Uh, defensive backs, uh, the Rams start uh, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, Lamarcus Joyner, and John Johnson. Uh, going up against the Patriots, Jason McCourty, Stephon Gilmore, Devin McCourty, and Patrick Chung. Um, this one is kind of hit or miss because both teams have been known to kind of get beat over the top. Um, the The Rams' defensive backfield is star-studded with Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. Again, they've kind of been known to, uh, to get burned. Uh, I give the nod a little bit to the Rams here. Um, although it's, it's hard to go against the Patriots just because they have so much experience. Um, and then finally, special teams. Um, you've got Greg Zerline, the kicker for the Rams, Johnny Hecker, the punter, um, and Steven Gostowski and Ryan Allen, uh, the kicker and punter, respectively, for the Patriots. I'm going to go a straight-up tie with these because you've got Greg Zerline, who just a week and a half ago kicked, I want to say, what was it, like a 48 and a 57-yard field goal. Uh, to end the game and then go into overtime to send um, send the Rams to the Super Bowl. You had Johnny Hecker, who made that throw as a punter uh, to prolong uh, a drive against the Saints, really got the team going. And then Steven Gostowski, 
Uh, I want to say he's like the the most accurate kicker in NFL postseason history. Um, and Ryan Allen is a great punter. I think these. I, I think you're kind of splitting hairs here whenever you you pick one. And then uh, also you got the coaching matchup. You got Sean McVay. Uh, he's the youngest coach to ever go to a Super Bowl. He's 32 or 33 years old. Bill Belichick uh, in his like 45th Super Bowl. I think he's been to every Super Bowl since about Super Bowl five. Uh, you got to give the nod to, to Bill Belichick here. Uh, I think this game is going to be very, very interesting. I think it's going to be super close. I think you've got two great teams uh, who uh, kind of counter each other. Um, it'll be interesting to me. Uh, when I break this game down, Bill Belichick is always trying to take away your number one threat, your favorite thing to do. Um, and with the Rams, that's hard to identify because they do so many things well. Uh, if you really if you really look at it, the Rams run over 80% of their offensive plays out of the 11 package. And the 11 package is one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. And it's really hard to key in on what they're going to do because they do so many things from one, one package. So essentially, you've got Todd Gurley, uh, Tyler Higbee, and then their three receivers uh, almost out there for every single play. And so you don't know, you, it's, it's hard to key in on whether they're going to run, whether they're going to pass. And again, they're so dynamic with their playmakers. You look at it and you can say, okay, well, there are other teams who run a lot of 11 package. Uh, the two top teams, the, other than the Rams, are the Raiders and the Dolphins. And they both ran about 70% of their offensive plays out of the 11 package. But they don't have nearly the playmakers uh, that they do. So um, it'll be very interesting on 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 what Bill Belichick is going to decide to take away. Uh, again, because it's hard to key in on what they want to do. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to approach this game a lot like they did uh, against the Chiefs, where they're going to want to hold the ball, run the ball effectively, uh, keep the Rams on the sideline. If you'll remember in that first half against the Chiefs, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes, I think they had maybe 15 yards um so look for them to hold the ball they had a couple eight minute drives if they would have capped off that drive the patriots where tom brady throws that interception in the end zone to reggie raglan uh you would have had two drives of nearly eight minutes and going up 14-0 i think if the patriots can do that and go up early they take todd Gurley out of the game they make the rams much more predictable in that that 11 package where you know they're going to be throwing the ball. Uh, and if Bill Belichick knows what you're doing, you're never going to beat him. Uh, so it'll be very interesting. I think the Rams uh, defensively are going to try to be super aggressive. They're going to try to move Tom Brady around. And I've said this for three straight weeks now, that if you move Tom Brady around, you're going to beat him. But yet nobody has. Nobody's sacked him so far this postseason. And they've scored 37 and 42 points. Uh, so you see what happens whenever you're unable to pressure him. So uh, I think the Rams almost have to uh, blitz him, move him around. Um, I think this game will be very close. I think this game will come down to the Rams scoring. I think they go up 27-21 very late. And I think they give Tom Brady just a little too much time. And he does what he does every single time in the two-minute drill. And I think he, he drives down. They score. I think the Patriots win this game 28-27. to 27. The Patriots do not cover. I think it's going to be an awesome game. And I think that uh, you could see this matchup again next year. Uh, I 
Tom Brady said that he's not going to retire. Uh, I don't know that Bill Belichick is going to retire or leave. Uh, so I think this will be a very good game. I've got Patriots 28, Rams 27. So I spent some time on Bovada today, and I looked up some of my favorite, um, some of my favorite things about the Super Bowl or the prop bets that you can find. Now these are bets on just random stuff throughout the Super Bowl. Here are my eight favorites. How long will it take Gladys Knight to sing the national anthem? The over/under on that is one minute forty-seven seconds. Two, will any player take a knee during the national anthem? Three, how many times will the broadcast mention Sean McVay's age? Number four, the total amount of Donald Trump tweets on February 3rd. The over-under on that is six. What will happen to the price of Bitcoin during the Super Bowl? Will it go up or will it go down? What color will the liquid that is poured on the game-winning coach be? I think you've got a pick of like four or five different colors there. Um, <laughs> number seven, will Billy McFarlane be caught selling counterfeit tickets to the Super Bowl? And lastly, my favorite, will Maroon 5 play Sweet sweet Victory at halftime as a SpongeBob SquarePants tribute? I think all of those are awesome. And lastly, I want to touch on, I have a question. Does losing this Super Bowl affect Tom Brady's legacy? And... He would be 5-4 and four in Super Bowls if he loses this one. The losses would have come against Eli Manning twice, Nick Foles, and Jared Goff. Does the greatest of all time lose to those four, three, three quarterbacks? I think you're almost... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it will come down to this, to this game and what the outcome is. Uh, it's interesting because if he does not perform very well in this game, people may look back and think... You know, the Patriots did win two games, but if you look at Tom Brady's stats, he's only thrown two touchdowns against two interceptions. He has not been incredible. His average yards per pass is only seven. Um, So it'll be interesting to see because you kind of enter into a LeBron James, Michael Jordan discussion where LeBron James has gone to the finals so many times, but yet come up short so many times. Do do you have a similar, similar outlook for Tom Brady, I don't know that you do. Uh, it's just interesting to me because uh, we, we've never we've never had this. Um, whereas in a lot of other sports, you have. You've got Jerry West in the NBA who went to, to nine finals and went one and eight, but yet is still the logo. You've got LeBron James, who's what now three and six in the finals and looked at as maybe the greatest ever. So it's interesting to me. A lot of people will say, "Oh." Rings are definitely the indicator of the greatest of all time. But now you've got in two sports where guys are close to 500 in the final and considered the greatest of all time. So I consider Tom Brady the greatest of all time. I don't know that this game changes his legacy. I think he still is the greatest quarterback of all time. If you look at the grand scheme of things, 10 straight AFC division time, you know, playoff games, um... Or is it eight? I think it's eight. Anywho, uh, you've just got such a long stretch of dominance that is unparalleled. It's never been done. I don't think it'll happen again, but we'll see. I'm really looking forward to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Lastly, I'd just like to give a quick running slash life update. Uh, my wife and I spent the past weekend down in Gulf Shore, Alabama, 
she ran the full marathon. I ran the half at the Big Beach Marathon down in Gulf Shores. We had a really great time. Um, I'm super proud of her. It was her very first marathon. Uh, she finished in just under five hours. Uh, she's been training for four or five months for this, so it was a lot of hard work. Um, I'm super proud of her. Um, I ran for only the third time this year, still recovering from my 50K. I had only run about five miles and ran the half. Uh, my goal was to run in one hour, 55 minutes. Came up just a little bit short of that. I finished in uh, two hours, three minutes. So still proud of that. Um, like I said, I'm still somewhat in recovery. Um, so it was awesome to get back in, out and run. I would highly recommend anybody in South Alabama or in the surrounding area, if you're looking for uh, a first marathon or a half marathon to run, super, super awesome course, super flat. Um, the half marathon only had about 300 feet of elevation gain. Um, so really, really flat, easy course. Um, beautiful. You run through the state park down in Gulf Shores. Um, so it was really pretty. We had awesome weather. It was like 60 degrees and sunny all weekend. Um, we got to catch up with some friends, just have a lot of fun. Uh, I am at 307 days dip free. Um, so that is something to celebrate. And I think that about wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have any feedback, please email us at gratefulgatorpod at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Next week, we'll talk about the Super Bowl and midseason grades for all the SEC basketball teams. Subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts and like us on Facebook. Have an awesome week. Thanks again for listening, and stay grateful. Well...